This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's move on to our QB1 segment. All right, Dan, we've been talking about it on and off, but the finding moment and then the other categories uh, we'll get into, but which uh, which was your defining moment for Justin Fields' day in Kansas City? Perfect segue, because it's the exact moment that you just talked about. It's Justin Fields scrambling at the end of a game in which they're down by 38 points, and he takes a absolutely vicious hit, and he comes up staggering. And, you know, obviously he's wobbly. This is kind of the risk reward, right? That the calculus that was introduced back into the equation last week when Justin made uh, requests to his coaches to, to be able to play more freely, to be able to do things more instinctively, to be able to have the opportunity to get out and run when plays aren't there for him in the passing game. This is what you expose yourself to. You expose yourself to big hits. You expose yourself to physical tolls. You expose yourself to potential injury. This is what they're trying to go back to in order to break a crisis of confidence for their starting quarterback. This is not going to work like it did in late October and early November of last year for all the reasons that you and I have talked about on this podcast for 10 months. Defenses have adjusted. They understand your number one explosive weapon is Justin Fields as a runner, and they're going to take that away. Every single opportunity they have to take it away. You have to develop a counterpunch. Yesterday, the Bears once again did not have it. We'll get into more of that with my big number. But here we are, right? You have a quarterback now that wants to find himself again through making plays with his legs. You're exposing yourself to big hits, and this is a, a potential risk for every series going forward. The finding moment for me was one that probably was out of Justin Fields' control, like so much of life as an NFL quarterback it can be. And so – because it was a week of bad luck, some of it created himself, some of it just because that's the way it is in the NFL. The defining moment was him actually doing the right thing, actually putting the ball where it needed to be, and then DJ Moore dropping the pass that he put right on the money. To me, nothing defined the week that Justin Fields had by finally, finally put throwing a pass and being the – pocket passer that everybody wants him to be and he's desperately just trying to get to and then putting the pass right there and DJ Moore 
the most reliable, dependable bear on offense drops the pass. That defined what kind of day and what kind of week it had been and was for Justin. You know what that reminds me of, David? And you know I like to dig into my Little League coaching experience, but we have kids on our team that like don't understand why the kids who throw strikes all the time get more plays made behind them in the field. And it's because the, the, the ball's in play more and you're, you're more alert. And this reminds me of a quarterback who just hasn't hit many deep shots this year. And so when there is finally one there, there's just a lapse of like, we just haven't been in this rhythm. We haven't been in this groove. And, and you have that, that temporary lapse of concentration that results – in a big play turning into an incompletion. And, and you're just like, that's why, you know, stacking completions. That's why stacking scoring drives. That's why getting rhythm and flow and momentum going as an offense is so important because then when these big moments come, you've already got that, that adrenaline going, that momentum built. And that's a, a great example of one where an opportunity showed itself and it, and it wasn't there. I'm not blaming Justin Fields, but you understand kind of, kind of how this is, this whole thing is um, disjointed to, to the level it is. How about your uh-oh moment? So my uh-oh moment comes after the game when we met with Justin in his post-game podium session. And, I, you know, to his credit, he's been very candid and forthright and open. And I think I asked him, um, I don't remember the specific wording of the question, but just about kind of how you deal with a game where uh, you're down 31 and uh, by halftime and it's just over like so quickly. And he went on to give a pretty long response that, that you know, expressed perspective and gratitude. We talked about it on our post-game podcast of, of, of a, a guy who was just kind of feeling like, oh yeah, you know, I just got to look at the, the finer things in life and understand that that I'm lucky to be playing in this league and have the opportunities I have. And I'm going to try to use that as as fuel going forward. And it just like, it was to, to a man up in that press box from uh, people who cover the Chiefs to people who cover the Bears, it was kind of like, whoa, that, that felt like... Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Broken teams seems like too strong of a word. And then again, no, it doesn't. You know, it just felt like a, a, a quarterback who's staggered right now, a quarterback who's trying to find something, anything. And it just it, it makes you say, uh oh, because it just doesn't feel like it's trending in the direction you need it to trend going into week four of an 18 week season. It makes you say, uh oh, because you don't want 24 year old quarterbacks having to put into perspective how lucky they are to be playing professional football. You want 24 year old quarterbacks who are supposedly your quarterback of the future, finding ways and dreaming about winning playoff games and Super Bowls and, and being challenged consistently to the point where he's not settling. Well, at least I'm at least I'm in the NFL. I mean, it's a really something you would expect Tyson Bajan to say, frankly, or somebody who is, you know, uh, there on uh, because they're a long shot. Justin Fields has always been an elite athlete, ranked number one coming out of high school, drafted first round coming out of college, playing at Ohio State before that Georgia. This is not a guy who should feel lucky to be in the NFL. And you're right to identify that as an uh-oh moment because when he is beaten down mentally to that degree, it says to me that his confidence is shaken and that everything about him you start to wonder because he's a guy that probably is fueled by confidence. So that's a good one. Um my old moment just goes back to what you talked about. The play where he was wobbly uh, is a good reminder of just how tenuous 
you know, maybe that's why he was feeling the the need to have perspective there. Justin Fields, like every quarterback, is probably one hit away from from being out. He especially because of the way he runs the ball, but it wasn't necessarily a dangerous play. But when he was wobbling to, it reminded me of Jay Cutler in 2010 after getting sacked for the ninth time and yeah. looking toward the Giants sideline. Justin Fields was disoriented and made everyone feel like an uh-oh moment was happening for him and for the Bears. All right. So I'll give you an on the bright side here. And I, it took me a lot of thinking to get something that registered in this category. But I just thought that they did a, a good job at times on Sunday afternoon of getting him on the move, both as a runner and a thrower. They moved the, po- the passing point. They moved the pocket out for him a little bit. Uh, they gave him opportunities to be more comfortable on the move. Production-wise, it didn't really result to much, but I think you saw some some strategic and schematic adjustments that they feel like can become more of what they do going forward to just try to get something uh, something to unlock here, as we've talked about. Um, you know, So there were moments where you say, okay, like, like here's a, a new wrinkle to this that, that hopefully gets – your quarterback in a better mindset. Ultimately, it's got to turn into production, which turns into points, which turns into wins. And we haven't had production or points or wins in a very long time. There's only one bright side for me in terms of Justin Fields' day. And that was when finally one plus two equals six. And that was the touchdown pass with four minutes and 20 seconds left. DJ Moore finally scores his first touchdown in the regular season as a Bears wide receiver, nine-yard pass from Justin Fields. Nice execution. And there Finally, were 2,600 people in Arrowhead there to see it. <laughs> was that all that was left? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that's how many people were, that were waiting for for Taylor Swift outside the Chiefs' uh, <laughs> locker room. But, uh, yeah, there weren't many people left of the 73,562, but DJ Moore scores. Finally, on the bright side, Justin Fields connects with the wide receiver who still doesn't feel like or sound like He's having much fun in Chicago, but talk to me next week. Maybe it'll be a little different, but I feel sort of bad for DJ Moore um, because he just feels like there was so much maybe more promised and he's not there. All right, let's go to the key number. 99 passing yards for Justin Fields. I can't get past it. It's an unfathomable number to me in a game where you were behind by two scores at least for 41 minutes to end the game, and you couldn't even – register some of that garbage time passing production that everyone gets. I mentioned on WSCR on Monday afternoon that you go back to, I think it was 2020 when Deshaun Watson led the NFL in passing and you look at his fourth quarter stats for a woeful last place Texans team that was always playing from behind, just racked him up. Completions, yards, touchdowns, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter. Justin Fields can't even do that right now. 99 gross passing yards, uh, 87 net there. He's made 27 starts, David. He's been below 175 passing yards, 16 times in 28 starts. That's that's 175 passing yards in the modern NFL. 99, didn't even get to 100 on Sunday in a full-on chase game that, to your point, he didn't even come out of the game in. You know, it's not like they pulled him early in the fourth quarter and said, just take a seat, this isn't going well. That's that's that, I mean, that number, it doesn't even compute in my brain. My number would be 11. That's how many carries Justin Fields had. I'm not sure if you broke down the tuck and runs versus the design runs. Not yet. Um, he didn't know that's, that's on the watch, uh, the second watch. 11 carries, um, 47 yards. The reason why 11 stands out to me is because if you told me that Justin Fields was going to carry the ball 11 times, especially after the week that the Bears had practice-wise and who they were playing and the need for him to do more with his feet and play freer as he wanted, 
I would have thought that he had more than 47 rushing yards. Now, that's great for a running back to average 4.3 yards per carry. Justin Fields and Luke Getze, whoever you want to assign this to, if he's going to carry the ball 11 times, he's got to average more than four yards per carry. There's got to be an explosive chunk play. There's got to be a way to counter what teams are doing to take away the running lanes, as we now have heard repeated often throughout the media because it's not a terribly original uh, idea, but you hear it repeated so much that now that the teams are defending Justin Fields differently with spies and with uh, setting the edge and the perimeters, now you want to find ways to counter that schematically or just force fit what works. And that's the only thing about the Bears offense you can count on that Justin Fields is going to be explosive with his feet. So 11 carries, good start to remember what works what best with this offense, but do it again against the Broncos and find ways to exploit mismatches with Justin Fields in the open field because he's a hard guy to bring down. I'm doing these calculations quickly because you said 11 carries, which matches the same number of completions he had on Sunday. Uh, you take the 22 passing attempts plus the three sacks plus the 11, uh, the 11 rushes that you just mentioned, and you're talking about 134 net yards to come out of those 36 plays. It's like 3.6 yards every time you asked the quarterback to make a play. Like, that, that, like this is what we mean. Like, there's just so, like something has to happen at some point. Um, I, I couldn't get past the numbers for the receivers. Chase Claypool catches a 15 yarder on the first play of the game, doesn't touch the ball again, or doesn't doesn't make another catch. Darnell Mooney zero catches. Cole Komet two catches, 22 yards. Robert Tunyon is he still a member of the Chicago Bears? I don't think I've seen him in the month of September. Like this is this is nuts, David. With the, the number of guys who have had established success in this league who are not producing at all. Um, Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Well, something's wrong. And I, and I think you're going to get some of that, not, not to introduce another number to the equation, but like <laughs> when, when, when you have the Bears only snap the ball 51 times and they had 51 plays and it's the seventh time, this is courtesy of Kevin Fishbane in the Athletic, I think, earlier today, the seventh time in Matt Eberflus's 20 games that they've had 51 plays or fewer. That's the most in league, in the league in that span. They're 0-7 in those games, not surprisingly. And it only happened five times in 65 games under Matt Nagy. That doesn't matter. What does is that since 2022, teams who have had fewer than 51 snaps are 11-42. and 42. You need to continue to get the, the chains moving. That's offensively the message you get. Defensively, you got to get off the field. So when you snap the ball 51 times – you're going to end up with very disappointing and telling offensive statistics for your quarterback. Yuck. Yuck.